We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Many of you know we were going to try to do three shows per week in March. That has not materialized. The uptick in emails have put us in a position where we have to address them. So, that idea is kind of out the window now. So folks, um, you can still continue to send your emails, romancereferee at gmail.com, and we'll decipher what's going on as to whether or not we're going to air it. Now, here's the thing. We're going to have to use it through the synthesizer. If you do send it in, the only thing is that we require is that you don't get into too many specific details. We don't need to know people's addresses. We don't need to know about court dates, court cases. We don't need to get in the weeds on it. We just want a general overview of what the problem is. Because what's happened in some of them, the reason why they're not read, is because you put in too many details, too many specifics, that we don't want to go and identify someone or basically point them out, so to speak. This is not that kind of platform. We don't go on revenge or anything to help you in some kind of endeavor in that context. It's about dealing with problems that we can share with other listeners. That's what it's about. It's not about vendettas here. Now, today's topic for this particular episode is about single women specifically dealing with married men, but is not going to be like the other podcasts that dealt with single women that specifically look for married men. Instead, this deals with single women contemplating a relationship with a married man. Now, the reason why this topic comes up is because of Cynthia, 26 years old, in Atlanta, college graduate, doing pretty well for herself. She's thinking about falling for this married man that's 40, three kids, wife, six figures a year. And she's on the cusp. But she wanted to know some of the advantages and disadvantages for a single woman without so much of an agenda outside of love when it comes down to dealing with a married man. So we're going to talk about this in particular. So let's look at some of the aspects of this. First of all, there are several types of agendas for a single woman who's never been married to deal with a married man. The first, of course, is only obvious, and it is the basic, fundamental foundation for many people who cheat in general, low self-esteem. However, even though you have some people that have that and they're willing to take anyone that comes along, because in a sense they're desperate even though they hate that word, you have others that have other reasons to date a married man. Let me give you some examples. The woman may not be able to make a good choice in men. Single guys she's dated been busters, they've been guys that are hustlers, that weren't about anything, and therefore 
they question their own judgment when it comes down to selecting a man for themselves. So what they do is they go on the basis of another woman's choice in man. So the other woman has chosen a good husband. Therefore, what she's going to do instead is enjoy the benefit of that man because of her choice. Now, there are others that will go just for the lifestyle. The wife is treated well. She has a good standard of living. This woman wants that same treatment and that same lifestyle. Now, you have some that want to be the surrogate wife. In other words, she wants to compete with the wife to build her self-esteem up so that she feels as though she'll be more marketable when she goes back out in the single world. These women don't have any intentions of being with a married man for an extended period. This is just a character-building session that she's dealing with this guy for so that she can go back out there and try to find someone with more confidence in herself and more of an eye of what to look for. Usually you'll find women like these from dysfunctional households where they have not had a man around or have not really known how to interact with the opposite sex. Now, you will have that other woman that's trying to strike revenge. She was probably married at one point, divorced, and now what she's looking for is someone else's husband to for retribution. You have other women that are out there who are single, who are looking not necessarily to take the man away from the husband, but to establish a second family. She'll be more willing to get pregnant by this guy, more willing to always have a nest available for him to fall into anytime he so desires. The other thing, there are women who are trying to prove themselves, trying to prove that they're good enough to get a good man. And so they go for the jugular, someone else's man. Again, it has to do with their self-esteem, right? You also have the woman who loves the power of taking someone else's man from them, but not necessarily interested in him, but interested in the fact that she has that control. So she's exercising this power so that she can utilize it later to her benefit, whether it's with him or whether it's with another man. She'll know how to manipulate him much better. Now, there's also the other woman who wants the husband just as a party guy, someone that she can flip on and flip off at any time. Because with him, again, she's asserting that control, but she also has a situation where she doesn't have to worry about any strings being attached. So therefore, the relationship can pick up where it left off at any time. No ifs, ands, and buts, no feelings hurt, anything of that sort. You have the other woman that's specifically looking to be the girlfriend, and that's all she wants to be. She just wants to be the second banana, side piece, or whatever. She's happy with that subservient role in the relationship. So you see there are different agendas here, different reasons why these women do this. In the case of this young lady, what she's looking for is love. She's looking for a relationship. But the man has already told her that he's married and has family and obligations. Most women... A good percentage of women would not even deal with that situation. They'd walk away from it because it's of no interest to them. However, there are other women that would say, hey, wait a minute, you know, uh, he is a nice guy. And yes, he is married. But what does that matter? Think of it like this. You know how some people won't eat molded bread? 
these women will cut the mole off the bread and still eat the bread even though the spores is inside the bread. They don't see it. That's the best analogy I could use with it. And don't worry, the dogs are barking in the background at the wind. So, what this comes down to, it comes down to a situation where the woman, in general, is trying to find validation in her feelings, her emotions. And again, as it always comes down to low self-esteem. Now, the thing is, the problem that women have, single women have, with a situation like this is they're afraid of falling in love with this guy because they know if they do, they've got to share him. And with this, the wife is usually unknowing about this sharing of her husband. So therefore, she's really stealing time from the wife, stealing resources from the wife. Resources that could be used to feed the kids. Resources that could be used to pay the mortgage. Resources that could be used to take care of the wife. However, many men that do this have already factored that cost in with the other woman. The other woman cannot be invested in. She can only be expensed. The only way a man is going to invest in the side piece of the other woman is if he's comfortable enough knowing that at some point his marriage is really going to end. Outside of that, he's going to expense the side piece for the most part. Because the reason being, it will be too noticeable when it comes down to the financial aspects of things in the relationship. The wife will pick up on it and there'll be problems. Now, there are some guys who don't care and they're willing to take that risk. But the majority of men, they have something to lose. And a lot of times these young ladies who get involved with these men are not thinking on that level. They're thinking on their own self-gratification with the man. So whether he had a million dollars or whether he had nothing, once she falls in love with him, she doesn't care. She'll be there to pick up the pieces if he gets the divorce and that kind of thing. Now, the problem with many of these women is they're trying to figure out a way of conveying to him that, hey, I'm there for you if your wife leaves you. A lot of men don't really believe that because they're saying, look, <laughs> I'm married and you know you accepted my terms. Therefore, if I left my wife and got with you, who's to say that you probably may not go and do this again with someone else, even being married? So in that way, that trust and integrity is kind of in question. However, what happens sometimes with these women, they will fall in love with the guy and they don't care about the circumstances. They will show up at his job. They'll show up at his home. They will start becoming friends with his wife indirectly. And this can cause many more complications. I tell you about the one email that I read. Well, I read it to you about the woman who was so in love with the guy that she was with at work, who was married, that what she chose to do was break things off with the husband for a while and he thought everything was in the clear and she started establishing a relationship with the wife, friendship. The woman was in real estate, telling her about her home, telling her, hey, you know, let's do an appraisal on the home just to get in it 
and the wife had no idea that this woman had been sleeping with her husband for years. Husband comes home, he's shocked when he sees her. But he realizes now he can't really do much because the side piece has wedged her way into this woman's life as a friend. So the husband pretty much has to go along. He can get pissed off all he wants, but he's got very little wiggle room because she knows that she could always disclose their relationship. So she has that leverage. The one thing that I tell men all the time, if you're married or in a committed relationship and you're cheating with a single woman, is that you have certain things at your disadvantage. One of them being, you have no control over the situation at hand. In other words, that single woman has mobility. That's one thing you don't have as a married man. So she can show up anywhere, at any time. And she doesn't have to listen or play by your rules because her emotions is going to lead her well beyond the logic of you're trying to keep this relationship on the down low. When she's falling for you, she's going to go and make your life a living hell with this woman if she wants you that badly. Now, there are other women that will literally call up the wife, tell the wife what's going on, and then let her know, hey, we're going to share him and let her know what her agenda is. Because these women have so much leverage, they know they've already got the husband where he is in love with her now. And she will start making demands on the wife in regards to, you may have him for his birthday, I have him for Valentine's Day. Some women get that bold, especially if they size up the wife and realize that she's weaker than she is. She will take advantage of that opportunity, without a doubt, and then will convince her not to divorce him. Because what she's doing there is she's establishing just what the relationship's going to be. You'll be surprised how many relationships are actually run and operated by the side piece. Where she would tell him, for instance, okay, you have three kids, that's enough. You're not having any more children with her. From now on, you're going to wear a condom with her. And of course, in many marriages, this is a red flag for women. Uh-uh. He's been going up in me raw. I've been on the uh, Plan B or whatever, or an IUD, and then now all of a sudden, he's wearing condoms? What's going on? Or he's not ejaculating in her. It could be a whole different plethora of things. He's suggesting that she takes another form of birth control. So in that way, he's still going in her raw, but he may only be able to go into the single woman with a condom. Now, that single woman who realizes she has that power, especially if the couple is weak in general, they have a weakened marriage, the wife is unsure about what's going to happen in the relationship. He's unsure about whether or not he wants to stay. If that single woman is the decision maker, she controls the relationship. And with that, she could tell him, well, we're going to have a child next month. And she's laying it on him thick. And he can't resist because he wants to go and comply with her to keep her happy because now she's providing what the wife can't provide emotionally 
She's providing what the wife can't provide physically and sexually. She's providing all of these things. And of course, you know, as I always say, men will purge on that side piece, tell her everything that's wrong in the marriage. And that woman is going to use that as a weapon against the wife. So if they ever are confronted with each other, she can say, you don't do this for him. You don't do that for him. You don't even give him oral sex. I get on my knees and I do all of this for him. To shame the other woman. Then to blame her for him coming to her and to make her feel guilty because she wants to make her feel less than a woman that satisfies her husband. And this is a demoralizing thing to a married woman. So once she figures this out, she'll perfect it. And you have single women that specifically date married men just so that they can use them as a test run on manipulation because he's already restrained by his marriage. So she can go and treat him any kind of way in that sense. And once that happens, it builds her confidence so that when she goes into her next endeavor, she already knows what levers to pull. And the guy's at a disadvantage and he doesn't know and he's chasing his tail. He's worried about his marriage. He's worried about this woman telling on him. So it puts him at a total disadvantage where she wants him. She wants him uncomfortable. She wants him uncertain. She wants him insecure. You see, what you got to remember is insecurity recognizes insecurity. And if that insecure single woman sees that she's dealing with an insecure husband and an insecure wife, their marriage is on the rocks, she's going to take advantage of this. Because she said, the only thing I have to do is be the one with the balls. And I got the relationship, both of them. I can dictate how they run and operate. I could go and then get to her in a way that will make her beg me to quit being with her man. You know, there was a song that a friend of mine used to sing at the Elks Lodge and at the American Legion in San Bernardino. A song called, Please Don't Take My Man. Now, the women used to always take the handkerchiefs out and wave them in the air when the lady's name was Juanita, when she would sing the song. And she could sing the hell out of it, let me tell you. Could cook too. And when she would sing this song, <laughs> the women would act like they were testifying. But there was a lot of truth in that song she sang. Because Dolly Parton is a prime, prime example. Jolene, the song Jolene. What it derived from was her husband going to the bank one day and coming back home and telling her about this woman that was flirting with him at the bank. But Dolly Parton didn't know the woman's name and the man didn't know her name either. And during a concert one time, she finished the concert and this one lady had green eyes and beautiful hair and she asked her, she says, what's your name? And the woman said her name was Jolene. Dolly Parton made a song from that experience, from meeting that fan and from correlating the situation that her husband described to her about the woman at the bank. So what you have to remember, folks, is this. That's smacked of insecurity. That song smacked of insecurity. And here's the thing. When a single woman realizes that she has that power over a couple it can really put her in a place where 
she may think more of herself than she really is. And this, of course, can wreak havoc on relationships, on marriages, on the single guys that she may meet in the future if she chooses to go back to single men where she can go and order them around. See, a lot of you single guys don't realize that many of these single women have had experiences with married men before. And so what they're doing is they're taking the knowledge and information from when they were in those relationships and applying it to you. And being that you're a single man and you're not accustomed to dealing with a woman that may be that sophisticated and manipulative, you're going along with them and you're turning flips and you're going out buying burqa bags and all the rest of this stuff and not understanding the reason why she's asking for these things and so demanding is because that married guy who made more than you, more than likely, is the one who's her benefactor. So with that, what happens, she makes these demands and you're a single guy making about 50, 60,000 a year and she's used to dealing with a $100,000 guy even though this man is not her man. He's spending that kind of resources on her. She feels as though that demand should still be met by a single guy. And this is what you have to consider. So a lot of you guys are out there wondering, why do these women have this attitude? Well, if you got a single mom, for instance, that's walking around and she's messing around on the side with a guy that makes 140 to 200,000 a year, of course, she's gonna go on a show that's on YouTube and tell him, oh, I want a $100,000 a year man. But the thing was, she didn't have a $100,000 a year man. What she had was a guy who made $100,000, who was married, who gave her pennies on the dollar in comparison. So she takes that, inflates her ego, and demands that from other men because she feels as though she's worth it. So what does this mean? He, the married man, gave her value in order to appreciate herself in a way that she can go and demand this from single men. This is how that works. Because see, they can never have the lifestyle of the wife. The wife is going to have that lifestyle. And the only thing this woman can do, the single woman can do is get the droppings of it. So that in itself is enough for her to go forward and to turn her nose up to single men that make less. We'll talk more in a moment. question I get a lot from single women is this question. If they were to get with a married man, how do single men perceive them? Well, ladies, here's the thing. The first thing a single man looks at, if you're with a married man, they feel as though, hey, guess what? She doesn't have any standards. That's the first thing we think about. Some guys call you a hoe, whatever. But what they say is her standards are low. Her moral standing is low. So being that that's the case, it may be a status symbol with some women to say that they were with a married man. But to a man, it's like, 
damn. You know, she went behind his back. I can't trust her at that capacity. So she will never be my wife. She'll be a side piece. She'll be somebody I sleep with. She'll be somebody that I'll do the dirty with her, friends with benefits. But I will never take her seriously as an investment. Fellas, the reason why a lot of these women will never tell you about their history or their vaginal resume is because it, it includes married men. Not always, but there's a good percentage of them that do. See, women are worried about two things when revealing their sexual history with a man. Well, really, three things. One is venereal disease history. The other, of course, is whether or not they were with a married man. And the last one, of course, if they've been with multiple men. Those are the three fears. This is the reason why they say don't ask women any questions in regards to their sexual history, even though they will grill you up and down about yours. But those are the three fundamental areas that they are embarrassed by that they never want to reveal. Now, there are some women who will tell you straight up. There are some women that tell you straight up, hey, I'm a whore. I was a whore. I, you know, messed around with a whole bunch of men. But see, the thing is, it's an unfair designation because if a woman wants to be with multiple men, so be it. Men are with multiple women, but they're not called whores. They're called philanderers and all the rest, right? But we put that name on them in order to try to make them feel less than on a moral context. But for the most part, where are we? We have skeletons in our closets as well. But as long as we can point the finger at other people, we make them feel less than. Now, there's another thing, too, that you have to understand. With this low self-esteem and with these people accepting conditions as they're brought to them, it becomes the norm. So let me give you an example. There was a lady that I knew years ago who had married a guy, so she thought, down in Florida. When she married this man, she thought that the relationship was on the up and up. What she didn't know, this man was from Thailand and he was married to another woman back there. And she didn't know it. He eventually had her brought over to the States. She had relatives in the States. And he was flying out to see her. Well, the wife started catching on as to what was going on with this. And started to ask questions. And finally he confessed to her that he was married to this woman. And had been married to her for 15 years. They had children together. And he was trying to get the children over stateside. And he was going to eventually tell her the truth. So their marriage was really not valid. So she went on and petitioned for divorce, got out of it legally. And afterwards, even though the marriage was not valid in the first place because he was already married, she went on and started dating men. But the problem was for her she then started dating married men. And the reason why she started doing that because since she has already crossed that boundary inadvertently in her past marriage, she validated it as being okay to do. And then eventually she married again. And after she married, she and her husband couldn't get along. She moved to North Carolina. 
She got to North Carolina with her family and friends. And then she started dating another guy that she met online. Well, she didn't tell this guy she was married. And they dated for three years. Eventually, he relocated to North Carolina to be with her. Three years into the relationship, she tells him, well, before we can go forward, because he had proposed to marry her, she told him, I'm still married. Are you okay with this? The whole family treated him like he was the new boyfriend and everything, never once mentioning or letting on to him because they all knew she was still married. And he went on and accepted the situation. Well, what they didn't count on was that the husband was going to fight the divorce in court. And so he did. Damn near bankrupt her. And then eventually, she was able to get a divorce. But the attorneys were the ones that made out with the money. And that was the whole thing of the husband. We're going to wear down as much of the assets as we can in the legal process so that when the only thing that will be left is for me to pay child support, which it came down to. They had to disperse all the assets, and he was cool with that. This is the problem that you run into with married people if you're single. They'll tell you that their spouse is going to do this or that. You don't know. They don't know. Spouses can always change their minds. They can change their behavior. An element of them can come out that they didn't expect that character, uh, that, that character reference that they may have that you may not have known that they had. And this can happen more often than you think. Now, here's another thing. The single woman that's confused and contemplating getting with a married guy, especially if she's never been married before or never been in a real relationship, she's going to treat this like one. Meaning that She's going to do things for this man that she probably wouldn't do for a single guy because she's extending herself. She's trying to compete with the wife. So she's going to go this, that, and third. And the sad thing about it, fellas, some of you are facing women who their first relationship was with a married man, especially these young girls that were high school that started dating older men. So this becomes a norm for them. And some of them treat married men better than single guys. So the married guy can do anything he wants to her. But a single guy, that's where she has her control. And she will say something to the effect of, you got to do this, 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 and this for me. And then we'll think about having sex. The married guy doesn't have to do that. He just opens his wallet and walks right in. And see, it used to be a thing, I remember when I was in uh, high school, in junior high, some of the girls were messing around with grown-ass married men that had children. Nobody said anything about it. Parents definitely didn't know about it. But this was what happened. 
And these guys were wise enough not to get these young girls pregnant. And when it came down to us trying to talk to some of these girls, they were like, we were less than. Because we were in that peer group. We weren't as sophisticated as the other guys. And we used to get teased about not making the money they made. We used to get teased about being broke. We used to get teased about what we couldn't buy for them. I remember one girl I was trying to talk to, I'll never forget it. She had a watch that cost more than I would have made in 10 years. It was a gift from her married boyfriend that was in his 30s. And she'd always say, my boyfriend bought me this. Well, we knew it wasn't a high school student. It was a grown-ass man that had resources. And so they'd always look down upon us. Now, sadly, a lot of men were impacted by this because what happened, they thought that they were less than. So the way they looked at it going forward in their lives, they put women on a pedestal and they would go and try to provide them all of these things that they couldn't provide for the girl they wanted back in the day. And so what this did, it made him feel as though he's arrived by being able to buy these things for this woman. And the only thing she had to do was demand it because he was accustomed to a woman putting that out in front of him. And so he was trying to appease and please. But the problem was he was trying to make amends for being dissed back in the day by a woman that he really liked, who was really attractive, who had things that he couldn't afford to give her. Now, of course, if the parents were to find out, that would have been a different thing. But one thing that they used to always do, they used to crack me up. We used to call them their imaginary boyfriend, and we would say something like, oh, your parents bought that for you. Your parents did that for you. Nope. Those men did it for them. And they took pride in being accepted and loved by an older man. They'd tease us about, oh, his dick is this big. And you, you're in high school, you ain't got shit. Your dick is soft, it's, it's not as big as his, et cetera, et cetera. They used to talk about that because that was a status symbol for them. Now, the interesting thing was this. A lot of these women wound up brokenhearted because when these guys realized the wife was getting ready to catch on, they dumped them. Some of them got dumped with babies. Others didn't. Others were brokenhearted. Lasting result, they would go out, treat men like shit for the rest of their lives because they were burned at an early age. Others would have that child and wind up trying to fight him in child support court Wife finds out, finds out that he was with a minor. He had legal complication. Probably wound up in jail for statutory in some cases. But the thing is, in a lot of situations, the parents knew it. I didn't say anything. But here's what you have to keep in mind. Like when I look at the R. Kelly case as an example, I know this controversial. 
I'm not upset with R. Kelly as much as I am with the people who helped him and the parents who allowed their kids to be around him, period. If I had a daughter, I don't give a damn if it's Jesus Christ himself. She is not going anywhere with that grown-ass man by herself. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. He's never going to be alone with her. Whenever my daughter would go with someone, if I had a daughter, we're going together. Me, the wife, everybody, we're going together. So he's not going to be in no hotel room alone with my daughter at 16 or 15 years old. Ain't going to happen. But see, some parents get enamored by the fame, the money. They wish they could have been a celebrity back in the day and now their time has passed. So they're going to try to live vicariously through the opportunity that their kid provides. Bullshit. If you have a child that's trying to get in the show business or Hollywood or anything like that, as a parent, educate yourself on the industry. Educate yourself on the business side of it. Don't farm your kid out to these people, to these agents, to these producers, because they're going to be faced with certain things that you would not approve of as a parent if you knew your child was exposed to it. No, you go through, you learn the business. Now, becoming their agent, I don't recommend. Manager, probably so, yes. Let the agent go out and find the work for them. You're the manager, you're managing their career and the resources. Because you wanna know who they're exposed to. You wanna do a feel good. A feel good is when you go and talk to the person that they're supposed to be working with or working for, get an understanding, set your standards and your boundaries so that you already know. In violation of that, get as much as you can in that contract protecting your child. And remain with them. Don't allow Hollywood to get them. Because you never know what they're exposed to. Some of the parties that Monica used to take me to that she really hated going to, but she went because a friend invited her. Bowls of marijuana cigarettes handed around. Alcohol flowing like a damn fountain. And she wasn't into that scene. I wasn't into it either. So we'd go stay for about five, ten minutes, and then we'd leave. Wasn't our set, wasn't our crowd. We didn't have to go and try to get fame and all the rest of this. You had all these status seekers there. Everybody's trying to kiss up to this celebrity or that celebrity. No, thank you. She already had her money, so why the hell would we hang around them? But this is the way you have to look at it. Now, a lot of your parents will let your daughters just go out there. And daughters, of course, become very secretive around 14 and up. They're not wanting you in their room. They're not wanting you to see what they're doing online. So you don't know. And it could very well be that your kid is very innocent. And they may attract the attention of a predator. And that child may not know how to handle themselves online. And before you know it, that kid is giving away the address and phone number and everything else. And he's trying to find out the schedule. Talking about he may want to take her out to get ice cream or something of that sort. 
Mm-mm. Makes no sense for a grown ass man to be with a minor if he is not the parent. And a lot of you single mothers need to really start thinking about this. Locking the kids outside while you're inside with your boyfriend. You don't know what your kids are doing outside. But I trained them better and I taught them better than that. Is it that you told them better than that? Or you set the example for them better than that? That's what you have to ask yourself. These are things that will help you so that we won't have generations of dysfunctional people coming up in droves where you go on dating sites and you sit there and you talk with these folks and they tell you about their history. And some of them were so horrific that I would just sit there and awe and say to myself, you're a survivor. And the rest of your life, you're going to be trying to deal with that particular challenge in it. And a lot of them would be. They'll say, yeah, you know, I ran the ad, but I'm, I don't know if I'm really ready for a relationship. You know, when I talk about people not being emotionally available, this is what I'm talking about. Because they're still grappling with things. And they'll tell themselves, oh, I need to get over it, or I'm, I'm over it. No, they're not. <laughs> the, reason why is, the reason why they're not over it is because they experienced it. And they don't want to have that experience again. I met a girl one time, nice lady. She was about 27 or so. And she told me, what do you think about spanking? I'm like, well, you don't have to spank a child. She said, no, no, about a woman. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, I'd like for a man to take a black leather belt and spank my ass until I whip. And I'm like, well, why is that? She said, well, it's an erotic thing. I used to get whipped all the time when I was a kid. And it used to make me wet when my parents would do it. And I would literally go out and do things so that I could get spanked. And they didn't realize that turned me on. But it all began with her getting her first violent spanking. She said, my daddy whooped my ass that one time. She said, but... It felt erotic and good in a way. And then I wanted more of them. And I told her, I said, no, I'm not doing that shit. She said, well, why not? I said, because here's the thing. I've been your ass over. I spank you with a belt. The only thing you have to do is get on the phone and call 911. They have the evidence that I've damaged you in some kind of way. Who's going to jail? What do you make makes you think I'll call 911? I don't want to take that chance with you. And fellas, this is the reason why I say if a woman is telling you to do something that's going to physically harm her, that's what you run the risk of. Because she can say at any time, you raped her and abused her, and you're done. And even if she agrees that, well, maybe I made a mistake by calling 911, I, I, I really didn't mean, I was just upset with him because he stopped spanking me. That's enough to ruin your reputation. Remember the five things I told you to protect. Your freedom, your wealth, your mobility, your decision-making skills, and your reputation. 
Don't put your rep in that kind of position. I'm just telling you. More in a moment. Now, one of the other questions I get a lot from single women when they are thinking about being with a married man is, what is the benefit? What will I accomplish from it? Now, here's the thing you have to think about. When you're dealing with a situation like this, you have to remember that you're dealing with someone else's obligation and commitment dealing with someone else's liability, someone else's asset, someone else's resource. No matter how you look at it, it's shared with that person. The only benefit you're going to have from this, sexual gratification maybe, emotional gratification to some degree, but you're going to be stuck with whatever the restrictions are pertaining to that marriage. You're exposing yourself to those restrictions. You're a single person. You have autonomy. You could leverage that and use that as your advantage. Some of them use it as an an incentive for that married person to be more participatory in the extracurricular activities with this person. That doesn't always happen, but they have that incentive at their disposal. Now, let's face some other realities. You're dealing with the emotional residue from the marriage with that partner that you'll be with. So... If that person is experiencing something in the marriage, it could very well spill over into your environment, in your relationship. Now, some women will make uh, certain safeguards, like when we're together, don't, I don't want you to mention her. I don't want you to mention anything about your marriage. Let's just talk about and focus on us. Well, that's very difficult for some people to do when they're going through a traumatic situation in their marriage, whatever it may be. And a lot of times women will put their foot down only they have to lift it up to listen if they want to be with the guy. Now, the thing that many single women misconceive is that dating a married man is the equivalent of dating a single guy by categorizing them in the same container of men. There's a distinction. See, that man is going to protect his family first. The only time he's not going to do that is when he feels as though it's not worth protecting. But at this point, you have to realize he's only in the marriage just because he's in the marriage. He's not a participant in it. He's just surviving it. So this is an indicator of what would happen to you if you were to get involved with him and things went the same way as it did with the wife. Now, of course, we always think we can do a better job. It's a different situation. We motivate ourselves on these possibilities. But the reality is you need to look at where that relationship is and where that person is in it. Remember I told you about character, behavior, and situation, right? Well, he got into that situation because there was apparently a flaw in his character that resulted in behavior 
being with you, going outside the marriage, that put him in the situation he's in now, where he's torn between a woman that will make him feel better and one that doesn't. So, therefore, just like in many cases where you single women are trying to determine whether or not a married man will be a viable option for you, he's wondering whether a single woman is a viable option for him. And that is actually the nexus to bring the two of you together. Because he's explaining his situation to you. You're evaluating it. You need some emotional nourishment, so to speak. And so therefore, you may look at it from the standpoint of it could work out to be a mutually beneficial situation. He needs emotional support. I need emotional support. You guys are becoming codependent in that sense. So what you're dealing with basically are two people with low self-esteem at a low point in life. He's in a bad marriage. You're lonely. So therefore, the two of you will try to shore up each other. He tells you what the wife's not doing in the bedroom and emotionally, cerebrally, you're going to try to compensate him for that. Meanwhile, he's providing the support, the encouragement, and everything else you would want, the stability and so forth. So this is how this relationship actually functions. Now, the thing is, after you guys have gotten to a point where the two of you can support each other emotionally, physically, he starts to make a comparison and contrast between you and her. Now, I'm talking about a man that's falling in love with you as a single woman, not someone that's just out there, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, or have a friends with benefits situation. The both of you want something more out of each other. However, he has that attachment with family. Now, the thing you have to keep in mind is this. With a woman, she has more options than the man does in general. So therefore, the woman who chose him to be her husband, he's the guy she wanted. The guy who chose her to be his wife chose her because she was the best option for him. He could have very well wanted a woman like you, the single woman, initially. But he couldn't get that type of woman and he was dissed by her. So now he has the opportunity to get that type of woman that he wanted. And this is what he goes for. See, let's look at a few things here. Women in general are more discriminatory against men. They won't take a man that's married, that's telling her she's married for the most part. He's out the door. He's not something that she would consider. A man would take a woman who's married, provided certain conditions of men. So it's more than likely he would accept her baggage before she would accept his. Now, as a single woman dealing with a married man, you're making the exception to the rule. 
Now, some women have certain standards that they even implement while they're with a married man. Even though they've lowered their standards to be with this married man, they will say, okay, here are the rules. I don't want to ever meet your wife. I don't want you to ever talk about your wife when you're here at my place. I don't want to have that conversation referencing to her. You take your wedding band off when you're with me. They may have these rules in so that they won't be reminded that the narrative that she has in her head for the two of them to be together is not interfered by his actual marriage. In other words, she's living a fantasy at that point when she's with him. So he knows to put his wedding band in his pocket when he comes over. He knows to have a favorite bottle of champagne, cologne, or whatever he's going to bring. So in that way, she's making him void his marriage while he's with her. Gives her a little bit more comfort. Now, after she's comfortable in that situation, because usually they start out where they're very vigilant on these rules, but after she's comfortable and realizes that the wife is no threat because he's still coming back on a consistent basis, she will then inquire about the wife. How does she look? Do you have a picture of her? What do you like about it? And he says, oh, well, you know, I like the way her hair is, et cetera, et cetera. This single woman will probably go and try to make him feel a little bit more comfortable by carrying on some of the characteristics of the wife because, after all, she's looking at it from the standpoint she's this woman's understudy because this woman chose a good man, as she sees it, so, therefore, she's trying to take on as many characteristics to mirror that because by doing so, she feels as though when she goes out and things don't work out between the two of them, she will be able to attract a decent man based on this other woman's judgment. Now, this could be because she grew up in a broken home, she never saw what a functional relationship was, so therefore it may be acceptable for her to take on a married man being that mom was messing with a married boyfriend or she may be the product or offspring of an extramarital affair that mom had. So those are all qualifiers for her. Now, with this said, what happens then, she will go and start making certain demands of him to see how far she can push her limits. She may want the same kind of dress the wife wears. She may want the same kind of purse, the same kind of perfume. In other words, she may want to have her own style. Take, for instance, the wife is into Gucci. She may decide, I want to be into Fendi, or I may want to be into Prada, or whatever it is. But she wants to, in some way, attain the same level of treatment as the wife. Because, see, as long as she feels that way, her self-esteem is stroked in the context that, hey, I've arrived. I'm on the same par with the wife. Except, of course, she doesn't have access to the bank accounts and all the rest of these other accoutrements the wife has. But the main thing is she's at a point where she feels as though I'm okay with what I got because what I have is more than a single man would provide for me. That's the rationale for many of them. A single man at this point is looked like more or less a step down. And as I said before, she's sharpening her skills so that by the time she does get with a single man and 
it's serious about a relationship, she's going to make sure she's the dominant factor in the relationship, which means that she's going to go for a weaker man. The reason being is that that married man that she's with is perceived as weaker than she. And therefore, she looks at it from the standpoint, I'm stronger than his wife. Because I pulled his attention and his money and his resources and his emotions from his wife. It's about empowerment in that sense, and that's what they're going for. Now, it's a bastardized form of empowerment, but this is what some women will do, single women. Now, the interesting thing is this. The married man knows he can get away with more with a single woman than he can with another married woman that he would cheat with. The other married woman is in a real-time relationship. She has to be accountable to her husband. Therefore, she's going to require accountability from this married man. With the single woman, she doesn't have to be accountable to him. And therefore, if anything, he would have to be more accountable to her. Because, after all, she doesn't have anybody to answer to. A married woman would. And so that married man who she's dating would make a requirement of her to be accountable, just like he would have to be accountable to her. But when it comes down to the single woman, it's a one-sided street. He has to be accountable. She will remind him, I'm single, you're married. And she's going to keep that line of demarcation as leverage. So there'll be certain rights and privileges he may not have. Like, for instance, it's not uncommon for that single woman. He may have the wife that will go down on him and do anal and everything else. That single woman say, oh, no, 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 no. Before we even get to that, you're going to have to leave her. You're going to have to divorce her before you're going to be able to do that. We'll have missionary and doggy style, but that's about it. When it comes to oral and anal and all of that stuff, oh no, you've been tainted because you're with her. The only way I would be with you in that context is if you don't do that with her anymore. Some men will comport themselves and not engage in those practices with their wives. Now, there's no way of this woman checking up on this or knowing this by no stretch, but by him telling her, is some sort of reassurance. See, once she feels as though she has him on his knees and at his mercy and her beck and call, she's going to call more shots in the marriage. You have three kids. Uh, I don't want you having any more children with her. And he's like, well, yeah, you're right, because if she left me, I won't be able to afford the child support as much. And so therefore, she may tell him, Um, You need to have her on an IUD or you may need to wear a condom or something. But you need to tell her that you're not going to have any more children. So he goes and he makes a suggestion. The wife will kind of think about it, kind of weird, and then she might say, okay, I understand we have enough kids and it's really difficult. But the actual sphere of influence came from the mistress and not the wife. And as she gets these things implemented in their marriage... That, of course, gives her more affirmation. Makes her feel special. Makes her feel as though, hey, I'm a major player in this game. Now, the one thing 
that she will have difficulty with, as all single women do, or all married women, or dealing with a married man will. And that is when it comes down, and when I say married women, I'm talking about married women that are cheating on their husbands as well, with a married man. And that is the financial aspect of it, the paper trail. He draws out a hundred bucks from the bank. Wife wants to know what he was doing with the money. Oh, I just went and uh, paid for me and the boys to go out and have a few drinks. He gives a hundred dollars to the woman as a gift, thank you, whatever it is, to buy her gifts or whatever, to keep her happy. Now, a lot of times these women will fall on the head over heels in love with them, especially if it's their first extramarital affair. They're dealing with their first married man, and they may start treating him like a single man. Why can't I call you? Why can't I text you when I want to? I'm going to come down to your job. I'm going to go over to your house and talk to your wife. And he has to quell all of that. And he's like, no, 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 no. We don't work that way. And he will have his standard. Now, the problem with men when they lay down their standards with these women is that, especially with a single woman, she's going to be very unpredictable. And she's going to be unreliable when it comes down to following the rules. So you may tell her, hey, um, I don't want you coming up to my job during lunch. People get suspicious. And she's defiant and she shows up anyway. And then he says, well, you know, why did you come up here? You can't tell me what to do. You're not my husband. What she's doing is testing the limitations. Because, see, here's the thing. Once she realizes that you don't end the relationship when she does something against the rules as the man who's married. Then as she sees it, I have created a license to do any damn thing I please. And at this point, she realizes his weakness. He can't enforce any of the standards that he has laid down. He doesn't have the guts to. Because if he did, he would just end the relationship. But he's benefiting more than he's risking as he sees it. I have a woman I can do pretty much anything I want with. I don't have to qualify myself. She already understands my situation. So I don't have to go explaining to her while I'm, why I'm with my wife or why things are going on. She already understands. Convenience is what is his benefit with her. Access. And he doesn't have to be accountable. See, in the marriage, he has to be accountable to the wife for things he do. Thinks he does. Thinks he do. But when he's single, I mean, when he's with a single woman, he doesn't. She already understands that he has obligations and commitments. We'll talk more in just a moment. Now, one of the biggest threats to the married man with the single woman is that losing control is the biggest fear. See, if that woman realizes that she has 
control and authority in certain aspects of the relationship, she's going to utilize those to her advantage, especially if she's emotionally motivated to be with him. She's falling in love with him. They're having sex on a regular basis. She's doing all kinds of things with him in the bedroom. And now she's making demands of him in order to make sure the relationship is not just based on sex. So she's asking him, do you think you can get two or three days off away from your wife? And he's trying to schedule and make up an excuse in order to do it. And let's say he does so successfully. Once he does this the first time, she says, okay, this is something that I can use on a cyclical basis. I can make demands of him in order to schedule time for me. Now, with this scheduling of time, she's going to look through her calendar and see what days she can have with them, whether birthdays or holidays, day after, day before, week before, whatever it may be. But she's going to make sure she gets a piece of that cake. It's not going to be a situation where during Christmas, he's absent for two weeks. For that two weeks, he's off until the beginning of the following year. She's going to make sure, oh no, you're going to come see me. You're going to bring me a Christmas gift. Oh, we're going to have Christmas dinner together. It may be the day after, day before, you name it. Or, I want you to spend Christmas evening with me. You can spend Christmas morning with your family. She's going to make these demands. And the more he's complicit to these demands, the more control she feels as though she has in the relationship. Now, the thing with most men who cheat with single women, they do not definitively tell them exactly what's going to happen in the relationship. Some do, many don't. In other words, I'm not leaving my wife. I'm going to go on, I'm going to be with her on the birthdays, I'm going to be with her on holidays. Some men will do this, most won't, because what they're trying to do is to curry favor with this woman. So they try to leave themselves open to be as more um, accommodating than she may have expected. And the reason for this is because he's still trying to win her over. Now, she will get the treatment that the wife did initially. The attention, the affection, all these good things. And then as the relationship normalizes, then she's going to start realizing that she's going to be dealing with some of the challenges the wife is dealing with with them. They may have arguments. And many couples that are involved in these kind of situations don't have a contingency plan. So she may be upset. They have an argument over something. He may not be able to go on a trip that she had made reservations for, as an example, and she lost her deposit. Well, she might decide to contact the wife, and of course that can be problematic. Now here's another thing, too, that can occur, and it has occurred where she breaks off the relationship with him completely and introduces herself in a roundabout way to the wife in order to establish a friendship. They're going shopping. They're having fun together. And it's at a point where she's doing this primarily to rub it in his face. She knows he's not going to say anything for the most part because he's going to keep his mouth shut. 
because he knows that if he goes in and tries to team up with the wife, she's going to look at this very strangely. You brought this woman into my life, even though you guys are together and she's sleeping with you or slept with you, she's going to look at both of them as conspiring, uh, conspiring against her. And so with this, he's going to more than likely keep his mouth shut. The mistress is going to go doing her merry thing, and here's the reason why she's allying with the wife as a friend. Being that the wife chose a good man, there's a good possibility she has good men in her arsenal that are after her. And so she may have the pick of the litter. Believe it or not, there are women who will go and stoop this low in order to find a good man. And so the wife introduces her to another gentleman. The wife's husband gets jealous, tries to pull the woman to the side and say, what the hell are you doing? She says, well, after all, you're married and I have to go on and live my life. Rubbing it in his face. This is the revenge tactic that men fear the most, who cheat. See, but a single woman, she's mobile. She can show up anywhere. And she can position herself she can position herself in certain situations that the man can't control. That's one of the dangers. Depends on how emotionally involved she is with him. And if you're dealing with a desperate woman, fellas, you're asking for trouble with this type of relationship. Now, a lot of guys will say, man, this wouldn't happen to me because I'd put my foot down. Hmm. She has the advantage. You're in a defensive position trying to protect your marriage. She's in an offensive position where she has mobility. So she could attack your marriage at any weak point in it. God help you if she's done with you and ready to do the main reveal. Calls the wife up or get in touch with, get in touch with the wife. Tells her certain things about you that only she knows or even tells her things about herself that only you would know. And it could be very adversarial between the two of them, but she's got a point across. And guess what? By doing so, she started a fuse leading to a bomb in your relationship. Oh, he's just going to break it off with me? Hmm. Let me go and find out where his wife works. Let me find out one of her best friends. And she goes and starts becoming friends with that best friend. That best friend introduces her to the wife. And of course, with social gatherings and arrangements, the mistress shows up at a backyard barbecue that the wife had created and invited her friends. And her friend brings this new friend in. Husband sees her. He's almost ready to take a shit right in front of everybody. So afraid 
that this woman is going to reveal things about them. These things happen more than you think. The reason being, the majority of people that cheat, 60% in one survey, cheat with someone that the family, the wife and the husband know together as a mutual friend. Now, the reason for that is familiarity, convenience, accessibility, and a lack of detection. Now, another thing to keep in mind, too, that woman, that single woman, may have issues of her own. She's lonely. She's desperate. She wants to be with someone. She's not really ready to go out there and find a stranger. She wants somebody that she can be in proximity of and have a relationship with. Someone that she doesn't have to have this long learning curve to find out about. Most convenient. A person in the workplace where you spend enough time with them, you'll get a chance to know certain things about their lives. They'll tell you about their wives and what they're going through at home. And she's just listening to all of this, absorbing it up like a sponge. So she knows how to start the conversation outside the workplace with them. She knows how to sustain it. She knows how to keep it. She knows what questions to ask. She knows how to ask him about the wife. Well, how's Katie doing today? Oh, let's not talk about her. Oh, things are not that good at home. Yeah, you know, uh, we're dealing with some problems. She wants to move her relatives in, and I'm, I'm totally against it. And then she goes and gives her two cents. Well, why don't you let them move her in? Because if she moves them in, that gives us more time together because she has to spend more time entertaining them. So in a way, she's making a decision for him that's going to benefit her and benefit her being with him more so than benefiting the home environment. Once she realizes she can flip the switch like that and make all kind of decisions in a subtle way, she's probably saying, well, he's a keeper because I can put him in a position where he's always after me, not only for my input, but he's also after me for who I am. That person is not his wife. Now, statistically, many of these women have some sort of physical characteristics like the wife. It's not always the case, though. In some cases, she could be the total opposite. She could be a different race, different religion, different creed. Now, depending on how diverse she is compared to his wife, will dictate her reaction upon finding out if she does. Take for instance, he's a black man with a black woman, married to a black woman, and the mistress is white. There may be more of an adversarial situation there based on skin color, based on race. So in that way, it escalates the probability of a volatile divorce or breakup or confrontation of some sort. And so in this way, he may have to be a lot more discreet than he normally would be. Now, depending on the person, the single woman, 
she may want to be known or have her presence known. So she may say something to the effect of, what, what restaurants do you take your wife to? Well, I take her to this restaurant. I want to go there. Yeah, but it wouldn't be. No, I want to go there. If you're going to be with me, you shouldn't be ashamed of who I am. You're going to take me there. Now, this will put the guy in an awkward situation. A lot of women who are really into having a relationship with a married man will put this kind of pressure on it. I want to be seen with you like she is. That's because she's trying to measure up as an equal to the wife. She wants to get the same respect and notoriety she does. She doesn't want to be the woman where the wife is eating at Spago's and she's eating at Denny's with him on another side of town. She's looking for equal equity. Now, at this point, this is where most men will leave those types of relationships because they know at some point they're going to get caught. And they would have to find someone else who has the same characteristics who's not going to be so demanding. Demands are the one thing that single women have over a married man. Because in order for him to keep getting the goods, he's got to show up. He's got to allow her to know that, hey, um, you're special to me. You're important to me. And that's the way she expresses her desire for that importance. If the wife is wearing Gucci, she wants to wear Prada. The wife goes to Bali with him on vacation. She's expecting him to take her somewhere. Exotic. So it gets to a point where she's up in the ante. And with this, she's like, um, well, I do more for you than she does. When she says that, fellas, a lot of times, it is true. Because she's looking at it from I'm single and making a sacrifice for being with a married man. I could be with a whole bunch of single men. So you have to make it worth my while to be with you. And that's the leverage she will use. Now, she's only going to throw her weight around like this if she knows this man is into her. And would love to be with her. And the only thing that's stopping him is the marriage. And she leverages that to her advantage. Because she knows that he can't do anything behind that glass window of marriage. And so she has the advantage of maybe not speaking with him for a week. And he's worried. He's texting and calling. He's going over to her place. He's going over to her job to find out what's going on. And she's enjoying that attention. And then she can make her demands. You know, men, we don't like exile, right? And this is what she's doing. She's exiling. That's how she gets her way. That's how she controls it. 
he doesn't know whether or not he's she's going to try to tell his wife something, so he wants to make sure he's in contact with her. Now, there are some guys that will try to preempt this by telling the wife that they have a girlfriend. And if the wife is removed from the relationship emotionally, she wouldn't care. Gives him a little bit more autonomy to do what he wants to do. But of course, that's rare. Usually a guy will tell on himself when it comes to a relationship when he knows he's going to get caught and he can cop a plea early or when there's a situation where she's found out. Now, the interesting thing is this. That mistress that has now become very confident in her manipulative skills, she's probably going to sit there and talk to the wife if the wife calls and explain to her everything she's not doing and how she got her man from her. And she might tell him something like, well, you can keep him because I can find another man and I thank you so much for letting me exercise my skills on your husband so I could better choose another man. Because what it comes down to at this point is where she's the decision maker. Now, there was a video on Twitter, and I talked about this in the past, where this man, his wife, and he had divorced, and they had, well, they had separated, and she had moved into a home down the street. He moved this beautiful young lady in, and she was biracial. The wife was black. He was black. They were down in Georgia. And he moved this woman in, but didn't tell her all of the specifics of his situation. She knew he was still married, but he didn't know, she didn't know all of the uh, attributes about their marriage. The wife was extremely jealous. And one day, the wife knocks on the door. This young lady answers the door. The wife attempts to go in. The young lady says, you can't come in. And she said, what the hell do you mean I can't come in? This is my house. Pulls a gun on the lady has the woman on her knees, and pistol whips the hell out of the woman. People in the neighborhood call the police. Police come, and they take the woman away. Now, at that point, the single woman had exposed herself to a situation that she wasn't aware of. Ladies, don't ever do something like this. That woman could have been killed that day. Don't mess around with somebody unless they're divorced. If they're talking about divorce, push them, make them do it. If they're going to do it and be with you. If not, move on. But understand one thing. Just like they cheated on their spouse, the same thing can happen to you too. Take care.
Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.